Okay, I think we're live, right? So my my name we is Ned Kellenberger. Yeah, yeah, I think we are. Uh, pretty new to this whole thing. We're starting a podcast, which is exciting. Uh, this is you want to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is David Kaplan. I am 23 years old and I am almost finished with my master's degree at the University of Michigan. Um, and I guess I'll just say a little bit about myself. Um, I study with Amir Aldan, uh, child performance. And before that I studied at the University of Illinois with Dimitri Kozev and Daniel McDonough. Um, and uh, all fantastic teachers. And uh, before that, I grew up here in Skokie, Illinois, studied cello with the late, great Jonathan Pegasus uh, and Dr. Benjamin Whitcomb. And um, yeah, just living the musician's life. How about you, Ned? Uh, wow, that was an amazing introduction. Uh, I'm not gonna say my age, but uh, I'm a violinist and I, <laughs> uh, I, I think I look fairly young, but I think it's just the poor quality of camera I'm using. Uh, but I have, I started playing the violin at age six and I, I think it was age six or seven, somewhere right around there. Wow. And I studied with the same teacher all the way until my undergraduate training in violin. Her name was wow. Chris Arndon, and of course, she's an inspiration to me. Uh, she's the one that recommended I go to Wichita State, and I studied there with one of her friends named Nancy Luttrell. And really wonderful teacher. Then I switched to Ala Aronofskaya of the St. Petersburg String Quartet and had some wonderful experiences. She took us to Russia. We had a professional management with uh, a chamber ensemble there, which was great experience as an undergrad. Uh, then I went to University of Illinois where I got a, in Champaign-Urbana, where I got a master's in DMA in violin performance and literature. And that's where I met David. And I'm, I'm trying to remember like the circumstances of our meeting. I, all, all I know is that I like just knocked on your practice room, right? One night or is that, is That's that right? You kind of, yeah, I kind of have a habit of, <laughs> or I had a habit of like kind of making a circuit around the practice room halls, you know, just, I get a little restless being in the practice rooms. So I would just, you know, and everyone, I was pretty social, I would say, after about 9pm, at least, not usually before. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great lesson, actually, to, to anybody uh, in any field, but in music, I think particularly is that um, you really want to go out of your way to make connections. Uh, I recently took a class on arts fundraising and and you, this applies to anybody, but uh, our instructor was talking about how um, if your boss says to come to you if you have a question or 
just to say hello, that 99% of people won't do that. But the 1% who does, you might think you're bothering that person, but um, people are actually very willing to help. And in that same way, people are very happy to talk and meet people. And um, I think that's a valuable lesson to all of us um, aspiring musicians to just get out there and meet as many people as you can and don't be shy. Um, I think that's that's an excellent quality that you exhibited back then and still do now, I'm sure. I think that really takes people a long way. I try. I try. <laughs> okay, so I, I just thought uh, because nobody like knows us. So I, I just thought we would just I don't know, I guess ask a few questions and, and just we'll kind of go from there. But uh, in terms of just your musical background and stuff was wondering, and then I can answer maybe but what what are, what are some of your or if there's a one moment that sticks out as like something rewarding for for uh, a musical experience, and maybe even something that drew you to music in the first place. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, for me, I, I started in the fourth grade um, and, you know, I was somebody that was often picked on as a kid. And so by the time seventh grade rolled around, it was like in March, um, I just kind of, I had been itching to be good at something. Um, I mean, my grades were pretty good. Okay, you know, I was maybe on the, I was on the science team um, but I, I really wanted to excel at something. And so uh, for me, I decided to take lessons. Um, it was something my family kind of struggled to afford. And so it was difficult to make that jump, but I was of course very thankful that we were able to do that. Um, and th those lessons were always fun. I can't say I worked super hard in the first couple of years, but I think after joining my first youth orchestra, um, I started to take things more seriously. And uh, that's when I really started to meet new people, which to me was extremely special. Uh, we have our alumni concert at uh, Chicago Symphony Center in just a few days, as a matter of fact. Um, and as far as large breakthroughs, I mean, a couple come to mind, I think, um, taking the gold medal at the fish off uh, competition as a senior in high school, the, the, the junior division. I think that was um, a really special moment. Um, but before that and after that came many failures. And I think those were even bigger breakthroughs potentially. Um, we had uh, not placed in a few competitions before that. And of course you have failures of all kinds in, in music. And of course they're not actually failures, they're learning opportunities. But so I would describe all of those as my biggest breakthroughs. Um, all those times I didn't win something or I felt terrible about my playing or um, th things in, in that aspect, those were my biggest breakthroughs. Um, the, the times where you win something, I mean, that feels good for a little bit and um, it, it, it's good for you, but you don't learn as much as you do when you fail, when, when you are down, I think. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I've always admired how resilient you are. And that's, I, I think, I mean, like you said, you have to be. So it's, if you're not resilient, you're gonna quit music. 
I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna quit because it's one of those things that's, well, it's really every day when I practice, I, in my mind, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really challenging. I feel it every day. There's always something to push yourself with. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, the same question. There's, there's very few performances in my life, like less than a handful where I feel like, wow, I really played my best. And I really mean less than a handful. So of course those, when, when that actually happens, it doesn't mean perfect, but I mean my, how I feel I really conveyed it properly. And when that happens, it's the most, I guess it keeps you going. You can you always remember those moments. So anyway, one of those was an audition I took. I was in eighth grade. For some reason, this sticks in my mind, like auditioning for Youth Symphony. And there's like a bunch of high schoolers, and and you know, it's I felt I've never done Youth Symphony, so it was like terrifying. Like everything seemed bigger than than me. And anyway, I just I just played perfect. It's, it was the best audition of my life. And I, I just felt so, to this day, I'm very proud of this. I'm like, wow, I played so well. And at the first rehearsal, I guess they never told us our chairs or something. And I was trying to find my seat. And so I was like looking at the back uh, <laughs> because I, I knew all these kids were older and probably like way better than I was. Uh, but anyway, finally, like someone's like, oh yeah, I think you might be at the front. So I was like associate concert master. And so I was sitting next to this like high schooler that was like, I thought was like a rock star. And like, so I was like, wow, this is crazy. I was like in the ring, you know, uh, the ring that, you know, string players, like the principals and yeah. So anyway, that's incredible. That's, that's, that's my inspiring moment that keeps me going. And it also validated that's right around the time where I was like, you know, I'm good enough. I can, and I want to do this as a career. Like this is for me. I can never give this up. It's too important. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So, uh, just an, another question like about like embarrassing moments like do you have any moment where you were like kind of embarrassed with music or anything like that uh let me think here I, I think two immediately come to mind i'm sure i could think of many many more and probably many more that i'm not even aware of uh but at least the ones that i'm aware of um one was quite recently, actually, uh, where I was about to go on stage to perform the Smetna String Quartet. And uh, I would say that um, I was feeling good and things were, things were feeling okay. Um, but the, the time came where we were about to go on stage and the stagehand asked us if we could um give him our stuff to put on stage and I, I think two of the members say oh no like we're okay but i'd say okay here here's my ipad and here's my pedal 
Um, and so, so then two minutes later, you were about to go on stage and you know, feeling excited, feeling the energy. And I go on, st on stage to take our bow and none of my stuff is there. Um, so that was quite embarrassing. I had to um, bow and then go back off stage and get my stuff and uh, come back and that was quite embarrassing. Uh, but as far as a performance embarrassment, um, one time we were on tour of my youth orchestra in Ireland and uh, we were playing the Brahms Academic Festival Overture, a piece that um, even by then, I, you know, we played it maybe five or six times on the tour. And I played it a few times before then. Um, so I was very familiar with the piece. And uh, for some reason, our conductor that night had decided that uh, we would do it without him. So it'd be unconductive, just spur of the moment. So, okay, fine. And uh, he kind of assigned some specific important cues to different members of the orchestra. And so I happened to get one as the principal cellist. It was a spot. Um, a really pivotal spot where I had to cue something that was important for the whole orchestra. But I, I had misheard him, and I thought he had said that I was to cue the bar before the bar that he actually wanted me to cue. And so we're in the concert, and I cue the bar, and then everybody's looking around for the next bar, and I'm looking at the concertmaster and thinking, the concertmaster was supposed to give the cue. And so then just there was like an awkward moment of silence in the middle of Brahms academic. Um, and then eventually, I think the concertmaster cued. That was quite embarrassing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that, that those kind of things happen to all of us and we have to learn how to roll with the punches and those kind of things. What about you? Yeah, there's something about like a full, when it happens with a full orchestra too, there, there's something of, there's something about that that just, it's so much worse. Like, I, I don't know if it, there's just more, it's just, it's just a way bigger deal. I, I guess like in a string quartet, you can just get away with more somehow. Like, uh, cause people are so used to being more adaptable and, uh, it's just, it's such a different setting, but, uh, embarrassing for me is like every performance I've ever done except for those five uh so it's kind of hard to i'm a one of the grumpiest performers uh so after every i mean i'm not grumpy when i'm playing but i mean i need a little time afterwards to just i always go and hide after i'm done playing and then like just think over what i did wrong and then i let it go but until I've thought over everything, like if I've not gone through that process, I'm still like, uh, I, f I feel the embarrassment until I'm able to go over everything. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little OCD that way. But specifically, my, my most embarrassing moment was when I was like six. It was like, I think my very first recital. And in my, in our studio, everyone like sat together and, you know, and then we all went up one by one to go play like our one or two pieces or whatever. And I was six, I was very young. And I just remember I dropped my bow at a very bad time. And the floor was like hard. It was, I, I forget if it was, 
I don't know, not marble, but hard. It, so it really sounded loud and it boomed throughout the whole hall, like clack, clack. And I just remember my teacher turned around and she was really, seemed very angry. And she like grabbed my bow. And that's probably the most embarrassed I've ever been. But it always taught me to have respect. Ever since then, I've been I've been like the most respectful. So I'm glad it happened at age six because uh, performers deserve respect. You know, they're they're up there giving every you know they're up there putting it all on the line every time, and uh, I think it's the least we can do to be respectful. So that's that's probably my memory. It's interesting, you kind of tied things in a little bit, Ned, that um, I think that, you know, in a moment of embarrassment for you, it, it wound up being a big breakthrough in a way. Um, and so we really learn from these moments that make us uncomfortable or embarrassed or angry or upset. Uh, I think that they are very, very important. and if we're not feeling those things on a regular basis, we're probably not doing something right. Of course, then the opposite is true. We want to love ourselves when we're practicing and you know, we want to take things calmly and happily, but uh, we really learn when things don't go our way, which I think is really interesting. If, if I can share one more uh, story. Recently, I was playing in an orchestra and we played uh, Mahler's first symphony. And uh, it was towards the end of the first movement. There's some spot where the cellos have to switch between arco and pizzicato very quickly a couple times. And uh, one of the musicians, one of the cellists behind me, um, dropped their bow into the audience when transferring from arco to pizzicato or pizzicato to arco. And you hear just this big oh. clink of the bow falling five feet onto the seats and then um, luckily the, the next part was very loud so um, it required a little bit of audience participation for someone to get up and hand this person their bow back and um, that I think that taught all of us a lesson as well but um, yeah it, they can be kind of funny but at the same time we, we really learn a lot from these kind of things well dropping your bow is never funny i just it's funny like the only thing i'm thinking about is like man i hope that bow is okay like that's <laughs> there's something there's like this collective when that happens like as string players like if someone drops their bow like everyone's like like because that's like our greatest fear is breaking our stuff i mean i i've done it twice i've broken two bows really really high-end bows and uh it's it's just your biggest fear and so when that happens there's like this what just so the orchestra kind of has to recover too it's like a yeah it's the audience the orchestra uh but yeah i i was wondering do you have any like favorite composers or it's been a while since i've that we've talked about this, I feel like. So I'm kind of curious. Maybe right now, what are you? What are you kind of? Yeah, I, I think it, it is always changing. Um, 
And so for me lately, Mahler, uh, and, and certainly always Beethoven, I think, um, those for me are just the two pinnacles of the orchestral lexicon, if I can say. Uh, I think that um, it's just unbelievable the things that they achieved in their music. Um, and Beethoven, of course, for chamber music as well, um, which is my great love and passion is chamber music. Um, but so I, I would say Mahler and Beethoven. Um, I'll, I'll also throw in Janacek. I think Janacek has a really, really Ooh. cool musical language. Um, and um, yeah, I, I could I could say like every composer. I mean, uh, if you want to hear a new composer, I'd suggest Jessie Montgomery. I think she writes excellent, very, very pleasing. I mean, as she describes her music, it's like a meeting ground for all cultures to come together musically. And her music sure sounds like that. You hear um, African-American, you hear Latin, you hear folk, you hear, um, did I say Latin American? I mean, it just, everything comes together in such a great, it's amazing. Uh, and if I can tie repertoire into that, I would say that uh, lately I've been listening to a lot of Mahler 3, which is a little bit less well known as some of his other symphonies. Um, just a titan of a piece. Uh, no pun intended to the titan symphony. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'll also throw in there Beethoven 127, which is kind of the big welcome to mm. the late Beethoven quartets. Um, unbelievable music. What about yourself? Ooh. Well, lately I've uh, I've been into Mendelssohn, so uh, Felix Mendelssohn, also Fanny Hensel, his sister. So I've I've just been kind of looking into their music, uh, and always pleasantly surprised by what I hear. I Shostakovich. I really like Shostakovich, always have. And I think that, you know, Bach, Mozart, I, I probably like Mozart's symphonies the most, actually. That might surprise you, As, you know, from like 34 on. I, and their symphonies, I, I never really listened to much. Uh, and I never appreciated them till I played them. And then I, I started to realize, like, when you play them, it's it's just a different perspective, you know, as musicians. Uh, it's like you grow up hearing this stuff, but then when you play it in orchestra, it's like totally different. Sometimes you're like, wow, this is like totally different. I had no idea that this was actually going on and this and this. So, uh, yeah, I really gravitate toward Mozart. Mozart and Mendelssohn. I think Mendelssohn's symphonies are underrated. So, I love the Scottish symphony. Me too. It, it may be my favorite. It may be my favorite symphony. I, I When it's played well, and I just heard it. That's, so it's fresh because I was just in Tokyo and I heard NHK play it and uh, wow, that is quite the orchestra and 
Anyway, very impressed. So that's like in my blood, and I'm dreaming this piece. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible, and I, I we definitely should talk about that later. Favorite performances, you can talk about that. Um, unfortunately, Mendelssohn and Mozart are kind of on my naughty list this month. Learning uh, orchestral excerpts, the Mendelssohn Scherzo and uh, Mozart Hafner Symphony, last movement, are just fiendishly difficult. But uh, I definitely sympathize with your, your love for the Scottish Symphony and the Mozart Symphony. It's, they're all incredible. That's why every once in a while, instead of playing, you just have to go and watch NHK. And then everything's perfect. And then <laughs> you don't have that stress. You can just enjoy like the virtuosity of these sections that are perfect front to back. You're like, whoa. Uh, it's like Mozart probably never heard it played that well, you know, that, that's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong there, but I just, I just think, man, the level is insane of these musicians and the competition and the, uh, for these jobs. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I probably should wrap it up here soon, but do you have any... How about, like, just between us, I'm trying to think. Like, obviously we're friends, but I'm not sure we ever talked about, I don't know, our our history. Do, do we, we kind of have a history for... How long has it been? Six years? Five? Well, yeah, it's been about six years now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I met you when I first met you, like you were like fresh out of high school. And like, so like, it, it's been fun, like over six years, just like watching you develop as a musician and a person. And I'm sure you can, well, I'm not sure. but Hopefully you can say the same about me. But yeah, funny, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think anyway, that, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that um, it's been interesting kind of seeking your counsel as I go through every little step of music school and navigating potential job opportunities and um, really advice uh, completely outside of music as well as completely inside of music that's been really helpful to me. Um, and uh, kind of using you as a role model, as you're, uh, I won't say how many years older than me you are, but a couple. And so that's been really yeah. helpful to get your perspectives. Well, it's, it's very important, like as a teacher, as a player, and as I get older, it's it's just more and more obvious that you, you can never divorce the person from the musician. And so, I mean, that's like one of my philosophies, I guess, like deeply held philosophies. Like when I teach violin or uh, that trust just that's built just from caring about someone that it goes, it's beyond just music and, you know, play F sharp a little higher. Uh, so I, I really try to 
instill that in all my students and 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 to all my audiences too that music always means something more than just uh the notes on the page like there's some there's something it's as deep as you want to take it like to your very core you know so i think that's something that i i always saw in you and i think that's why we kind of connected uh, just, I always respected you as a musician and as a person. Uh, the combination's always been like a beautiful thing. So and anyway, I think that's kind of why, that's kind of how it started. And then we became very good friends. We hung out all the time. Uh, all sort, you know, college life. So <laughs> night, day, late night, whatever. All sorts of things going on in those, you know. I, I don't want it to sound like ancient history because, you know, like at, at U of I just a few year, couple of years ago, but still. Uh, anyway, so I just thought, oh, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I, I think what you said is absolutely beautiful. And um, I think that if I could tie in kind of a, a message to everything we've spoken about today um and and this didn't really come from me this came from uh a mentor but um it's really important as musicians i mean you know we've talked about big breakthroughs and breakthroughs being failures and um learning experiences things that didn't go our way things like that and you know we kind of talk about them nonchalantly but those are very serious things and i think that what we can all learn is um to, to never be cynical um not in our practice time not in our performance time certainly not in our rehearsal time i think that people um us as musicians we can get really cynical and um annoyed easily and kind of um, angry, but I think always with ourselves and whenever we're um, collaborating with others, we always have to put on a positive attitude, even if we're upset about something, because the second some negativity starts to creep in, um, it, it starts to kill the music. And, and we do this because of the music, right? We're servants to the music. So look, we shouldn't be those people that get cynical in rehearsal and you know, we, we've all kind of played in gig orchestras and we know those people that kind of talk smack about the conductor behind their back or are annoyed that they have to play a passage here. It goes on and on. And and then we end up becoming oh, that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think it's, you know, in, 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 in face of all of these um, negative breakthroughs, so to speak, we always have to try to remember why we're doing this and um, to just, just, keep the positivity uh, because that's infectious as is the negativity and and we want to make it positive for everybody so just just um keep calm and and uh, remember why we do this and i'm sure you would completely agree <laughs> oh yeah yeah i you know i've been guilty of you know complaining and this kind of thing i mean ever you know nobody's perfect but uh I always had this weird in every orchestra there's always people that seem to bond over like negative things like you like and if you're only like friends with someone and hanging out because you like to complain about the same things with them i i'm not 
sure, maybe you should rethink <laughs> uh, what what you're about. So anyway, uh, so this is just kind of a get to know, hopefully, you know, get to know us a little bit, uh, me and David. And uh, going forward, we kind of thought this podcast and, uh, you know, it's I don't think either of us is like super rigid. I think it'll it'll evolve as it goes along. Uh, but we're very interested in a few things. Uh, like we're interested in, in helping the next generation always. So how to succeed and how to become a better musician, how even as detailed as how to play in tune, how to just giving practical advice. We're very interested in this. And we're also interested in bigger picture things like today, mostly bigger picture things. Uh, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, those things matter the most. And then you build on the foundation of this love for music and positivity. And, and then that's how ultimately you succeed. Uh, but also we're interested in uh, going through different pieces and going through different performers and different interpretations of music. So we'll also do some of that going forward. Uh, do you have anything to add? Maybe something I've missed? No, I think that's great. And um, I, I kind of love this opportunity, not only to um, talk to others and help others and kind of explore topics, but I think it's also great for us um, to kind of say these things out loud. And um, I think it serves as great reminders for us. Um, in, that's kind of, uh, I mean that in a lot of ways, you know, reminders and how to be, you know, a great thoughtful musician or reminders why we love what we do, things like that. So um, I think it's gonna be very interesting going forward. And I think we both have very interesting ideas and perspectives and um, yeah, I think this is gonna be a great opportunity. Yeah, okay, well, sounds good. <clears throat> Uh, so I guess we'll just go ahead and sign off now. Uh, so until next time, this is Ned and David and nice to meet you all can, uh, subscribe. I, I don't know. They do this. Is that what they, something like this? And then you, oh, but that means you have to like edit and stuff. <laughs> so I'm not sure that'll happen, but there's a button somewhere. <laughs> Uh, technology's and, uh, not our strong suit. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can uh, comment and that sort of thing. We're, we love, you know, input and stuff. And uh, if you have something you want us to talk about, any questions, you know, uh, we're both, we both have, you know, we've both seen a lot for our ages. I'm not going to say we're like old, like that we've really seen a lot, but... Uh, I, I've traveled quite a bit around the world musically, and David has been all over the top festivals. Uh, top, he's top musician. So, okay, all right, we'll go ahead and Take sign care. out. Ciao, ciao.